Think Fit, Be Fit, effective thinking for potent workouts. Think Fit, Be Fit is dedicated to creating a new conversation about your exercise. Okay, uh, this is another super special episode of Think Fit, Be Fit. This is your girl, your hostess, Jen Schwartz. I am a muscle activation technique specialist in Alexandria, Virginia. I also host a course on improving your exercise from the inside out and having a special focus on the warm-up portion of your workout. Um, that is called Movement Pathways, and of course the link will be in the show notes if you want to check that out. And recently I had a live course of Movement Pathways. It was just so wonderful to explore and improve people's motions live in person. We're probably going to do another one in November, but for now you can enjoy the online benefits and of course you can also level up your game by listening to this podcast series that focuses on effective thinking for potent exercise. And Part of that process is being curious and learning about the things that are holding you back um, and the things that may not be serving your best interest. It's, of course, it's a process, it's a journey, everyone's is different. So that's why I brought on a a super special colleague. She and I uh, met through a organization called Well, Ray, huge event in Alexandria that showcases the brightest and best of wellness in our community. So um, anyways, that's how we we met through that organization. And I don't know, uh, without further (laughs) ado, I'm going to introduce our guest, Dr. Eleni Busalis. about your practice and your fitness. Okay, uh, thanks for having me, first of all. Um, we, my partner and I, Dr. Fisher, we have a practice in Delray called Delray Psych and Wellness. And we pretty much focus on how somebody can live their best life. And so although we're clinical psychologists and so people tend to come in for things like depression, anxiety, um, perfectionistic thinking that's creating anxiety or procrastination or you know whatever, there's all of the different reasons people come in, we look at them as a whole person and, um, and we integrate all different Uh, parts of wellness so not just the mental health but spirituality and um, you know of course we delve into childhood we use different techniques uh, like we use energy psychology hypnosis Uh, we um, we have a massage therapist on staff we have a naturopath physician so yeah so basically everyone's different and we meet people where they are and um, it's really fun, and of course, cool. the fitness comes into it sometimes too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fitness world is just—I feel like—really figuring this out that the mental health component of um, self-betterment and feeling great is almost uh, like on par, if not more important than. Um, the actual fitness programming mm-hmm. like there's so many fitness coaches or trainers out there that are dipping their I don't know learning more about coaching and helping people with habits and things like that um, so have mm-hmm. so in your discipline like have, have you guys known that forever and like we're, we're just figuring this out is that About how your mental health affects. Yeah, Yeah, I think that, you know, of course, when you're in school and you're you're learning about um, how your thinking patterns are created and you you learn those things. Those are all just stories that you learn and they they become your truth. Mm. Um, So, of course, we we look at that more in terms of 
psychological symptoms but really like you're saying it affects everything Mm -hmm. so you bring exercise into that Mm -hmm. and uh and then go backing up a bit of course we know that exercise it now the research shows is just as effective as medication Mm -hmm. for a lot of people Mm. and so if you can get people to exercise you may be you know skipping meds Mm -hmm. if people can stick to an exercise routine right but then how do you get past the obstacle of depression or you know how do you get started right Mm -hmm. like which comes first the chicken or the egg Mm -hmm. um so it's like figuring out like what's limiting you like what is uh what is your obstacle Mm -hmm. and and that's that's half of it is getting to where where that the root of that is Mm -hmm. Um, where it was learned, when it became your truth, how you're perpetuating it and keeping it alive in your in your life every mm-hmm. day. And then the second part is how do you change that, mm-hmm. right? Your truth. Your truth. Yeah. yeah. So first you have to figure out what it is because it's you pretty much, um, it's mostly subconscious. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and it's believed that 80% of our thoughts we have every day are the same. Mm-hmm. They're just recycled thoughts. Mm-hmm. So if you're telling yourself the same thing day after day after day, and that's a limiting belief, then, you know, it becomes kind of like that background noise of the AC that's been on all day, and you don't realize it's been on until it goes off, mm-hmm. right? And then you realize the sound was on all the time. So so it's really, that's another reason why we integrate mindfulness, because we want people to become first mindful and aware of what they're telling themselves. Mm-hmm. And then once you can get that part, then you can start working on how to change it. Mm. And mm. then how do you differentiate um, in, in, the, in, the, in your practices ethos, like the difference between mental health and spirituality? Mm. Um, so I, again, I think with that, it also depends on like where the person is coming. Because mm. some people come in and they have a spiritual practice, mm-hmm. right? They, whether it's you know, religious based or not um we, we find that people that are not religiously based tend to have more of a uh, i guess um spiritual connection with mm-hmm. their environment and with the world and with their body and with all of that but regardless you know some people have that and they meditate or they you know they um they integrate different spiritual principles into their life and so they're very aware of how they on a I guess then you cross into science. You get into a quantum level, right, where your thoughts are affecting your environment. That's really what prayer is, actually, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Um, so, so you have to, f- you kind of like see where they are at, and and um, and then so other people don't have a spiritual practice at mm-hmm. all, and so that kind of doesn't even that's not even in their vocabulary. Mm-hmm. But you can really call it anything, right? If as long as when you start feeling that connection to your body to the world to those around you the oneness Mm -hmm. that's i think what spirituality is Mm -hmm. and even if someone is an atheist Mm -hmm. i think that they can connect to that and then realize that that's it doesn't matter what you label it Mm -hmm. whether it's god or not or if it's just you know that you worship this flower (laughs) that's so beautiful Mm -hmm. that it's the same thing yeah Cool. So sometimes that helps people. I don't know if that was like a long. No, I mean, well, I'm curious because um, spirituality and the development of that for myself has been huge for the progress that I make in my physical world. Mm-hmm. And the um, the more that I manifest spiritually, the more I can like the more material, the more I get in the material world, the more I enjoy it, and and fitness to me is a you know creation of um getting the most out of the material world mm-hmm. like getting the most um out of myself mm-hmm. and learning about myself so the sounds yeah right? it's and, the same and the more that i can provide for others and give back and receive mm-hmm. and um so like recently in the past two years it's been about learning to operate out of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. the um i was a uh victim if you will of like a paralysis with analysis Mm -hmm. and being a muscle activation 
uh, specialist, you know everything that can go wrong. And mm-hmm. so I've got this like, but you also, like on the flip side of that, it's so easy to like activate the right workout and the right muscles with yeah. the knowledge that I have. So it can go both ways. Like, yeah. I know what the declination of the muscular and nervous uh-huh. system and how that can play out in a workout. Um, like the line crosses between, you know, doing good work with your body and then becoming fragile or doing good work with your body and stepping into like the flow state. Yeah. And so for me, it was like I was, I was over analyzing and stumping my progress because I wasn't stepping into the out of my comfort zone just mm-hmm. a little bit to get that flow state, to get that like, this is the optimal, um, I have the optimal awareness, I have the optimal movement, and I'm able to focus moment to moment instead of the shoulds. Right, the yeah, <laughs> all that negative yeah. thinking. Yeah, uh-huh. no, so I'm just like super curious in that um, yeah. world in general, and it's just, you know, I was also like, holding on to a ton of grief. I don't know what the right word is, holding on to it, mm-hmm. or it just wasn't resolved, you know? Mm-hmm. And man, I'm so, so glad to be moving out of that phase and um, and making space for new possibilities and new memories and, you know, so. Yeah. And, yeah. When you're holding all of that in, then mm-hmm. there's no space mm-hmm. for for something new to come in. Mm-hmm. But it's also what you were saying that the more that you nurture yourself and take care of yourself, then the more you're able to give mm-hmm. and the more you receive. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're talking about. The spirituality mm-hmm. part is that when you give to others, you are actually giving to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. same thing. And if yeah. people got that, yeah. then the world would be different. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be like me, a, a separation between me and you and us and them. Mm-hmm. It would mm-hmm. be all one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, obviously, that's why. This is like the first conversation we had. We were just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we were just like, it, it, like little air high fives back and forth on all these notes that we're talking about because... Um, you know, being able to illustrate that for the world is one of the values of having, you know, all this technology and all this, Mm -hmm. because fitness, you you know, as, um, previous generations and even, even the current generations are like, oh no, it's about calories, it's about burning calories, it's about um, doing work for 55 minutes or however long your session is, mm-hmm. and then checking it off the list. Mm-hmm. But I think now that, um, with to me, being able to show that it's just so much more a unpacking yourself, a journey, and changing and evolving that you know that's why I'm here sharing yeah so so tell us about how you approach fitness and like I mean and Mm. you know you guys will uh part of I guess our external validation here is that this woman's fit (laughs) 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 you can't see that right now but um uh yeah so tell us a little bit more about the whole process journey um well so i can uh, add on to what you were just saying Mm -hmm. that struck me about um when you said how do you know like how far to push yourself past your discomfort Mm -hmm. um where you're gonna you're gonna reach your potential versus get injured Mm -hmm. or versus be stagnant Mm -hmm. so how do you how do you measure that right Mm -hmm. Um, so that's one thing I think that's been like really challenging for me. Uh, and I learned that from, I was, I got really into yoga for a while and not just, I didn't think I would uh, get into it as much. It's, I think more from the philosophy of it as opposed to the, the, or in addition to the exercise in that they talk about that all the time on the mat is that how do you, 
no like how how are you performing or how are you uh being with yourself on the mat as the way that you're being with yourself in the world and so if you're pushing yourself and um to the point of injury you probably are doing that in your life mm-hmm. and if you're kind of like comparing yourself negatively to others oh like she can do that and i can't you're probably doing that in your life um versus just being in your space and um pushing yourself and being very mindful of your body and the way it's yeah. moving um but i think that so that's one part of it but the other thing is i think growing up uh, I was always, um, I was really into ballet. And mm-hmm. so that was like, I think at five years old where it start, I started really noticing like how much better I felt when that was part of my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the, that whole process evolved. So then in my 20s, I got more into other types of exercise, like a little bit of weightlifting and cardio. And then I got into Pilates. It just like it kept, kept changing as I changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think... Um, it, when I had my first baby in my mid-30s, I gained 55 pounds. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like this whole this whole pro- other process where you're, number one, looking at your body and you don't recognize it mm-hmm. because, yeah. and you don't, you don't, not only do you not recognize the way it looks, but you don't recognize the way it feels. Because mm-hmm. you're walking mm-hmm. around with 55 pounds extra mm-hmm. and it feels heavy and it feels... And it's like this constant, talk about mindfulness, reminder of like how heavy you mm-hmm. feel. Um, and so then, and then mentally, like how do you grasp that, you know, this is like, is this a new, how I'm supposed to accept my body and love it, mm-hmm. but then I'm being self-critical and, you know, it's all of those things. Mm-hmm. So, so basically this whole journey for me, I think, um, after three babies, so each time gaining 55 to 60 pounds and each time having to find ways to lose it without uh, shaming myself, without, you know, so like, again, pushing yourself past your discomfort, not injuring yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, and, but yet being also aware of the why. Mm -hmm. So it probably shifted. That's another, I think, really important thing is shifting from in my 20s being like, I just want to look I want to look good. Then in my 30s, being, you know, just, I don't know, I guess 30s, it it was like kind of a transition. Um, And then 40s, in my 40s now, it's like I have to, uh, like, I guess relearn, Mm. you know, what that means and what my why is. Mm -hmm. And so my why is not now, oh, I want to look good in my jeans. Now my why is different because... Uh, there's three kids and then I have to, you know of course I want to look though as as mm-hmm. I did before kids but at the same time accepting that that's mm-hmm. is that really uh, my priority mm-hmm. you know it's my priority to live longer and be healthier and not injure myself mm-hmm. and be a better you know you know xyz all of the roles yeah. that we have so that's yeah. like a really long answer to your no, question no, great. that's what this is for yeah because for me it's like you know, my, my whole career and my hustle, like, for me, it was, like, getting out of the hustle mode mm-hmm. and spending time on um, building myself up. And so that, for, oh, gosh, so for me, that was, like, the big shift. Your why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, like, you know, 20s, um, I was learning, I was uh, building my career, um, taking lots of certifications, mm-hmm. um, and it's, and I don't know if it, this is true with your peers, but it's like I would have to work like twelve hours a day, yeah, you know, to um, make ends meet, to build my reputation, to um, do all of the things as a, an independent, you know, contractor, if you will, in yeah. the fitness industry. And so a part of that was like basically working out so that I looked the part and didn't even care if I felt the part, if mm. I felt physically, mentally, and spiritually fit. Mm-hmm. You know, I only cared about looking physically fit and being somewhat financially fit, you know? Mm-hmm. And then in my 30s, it was like, oh my gosh, uh, I can't be financially fit if I'm not spiritually fit. And right. I can't be like, if I, you know... And if I don't, um, and I can't be mentally fit if I'm not 
you know, financially fit. And like, mm-hmm. I just started seeing all the things cross. And, it's all connected. Yeah, how all connected it is. And then, um, so we'll see. I just turned, how old am I? <laughs> I just turned 37 in April. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's yeah. a good age. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. um, I think a lot of the listeners for this podcast are about that, we, I call it the older millennial because mm-hmm. we went to, we didn't have like social media when we went to college and then when we were done with college, it was like Facebook. Yeah. Like, no, MySpace and Facebook. So it's like. Oh yeah, MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the people um, listening are like myself because there was also like this athletic history that I had mm. and having to step out of that identity and find a new identity um, or, you know, re- evolve it in some way. Because once you're like, you grow up as an athlete and then you, it's just such a part of the identity. Uh-huh. And then when that is not a part of your life anymore, like that's a whole nother, I had, you know, grieving process, yeah. a whole nother acceptance process. And um, without doing those things, I would have ended up um, doing exercise that would have been hurting me mm-hmm. because of what you know. I wasn't in the right. I wasn't on the right field, if you will. I wasn't respecting the the, the boundaries that you need to as you go from twenty nine to thirty five. Like right. it's a different you know ball game. So I feel like a lot of the times that I'm. Uh, talking to the audience in this podcast I'm I'm saying like you know it's you have to level up and you have to evolve that identity mm-hmm. to um different types of of uh fitness expression like we're talking about yeah um, besides the ex- like roller coaster of weight that you mm-hmm. went through I mean your kids can't be that far apart in age yeah, no, they're seven, five, and two. Yeah. <laughs> so they're really little. Yeah. yeah. Did you have to change your uh, pace and mm. um, in each each round of mm-hmm. that, like each cycle? Yeah. Uh, you mean in terms of exercise yeah. or just every? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have to change your pace. And what becomes really important, which is important for everybody, but I think for me it became – the number one commodity is time, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I, it was like, the, it, with each child, I feel like I felt like there's less time, mm-hmm. and so I really had to become very mindful of how I used my time, mm-hmm. and not just with exercise, with everything, but uh, with exercise as well. So it became like, okay, if I'm gonna have, you know, sixty minutes to exercise, then I want it to be optimal mm-hmm. I don't want to just you know where I think when I was younger and I didn't have the kids and the business and all of that I was like oh yeah I'll do a workout and mm-hmm. you know maybe it was it wasn't as um I guess I would say purposeful mm-hmm. and so it became like how can I get the most out of my time mm-hmm. and as well there was the aging mm-hmm. so I feel like every few years you know, you know, metabolism kind of slows down a bit. Mm-hmm. And I felt that when I hit 40 mm-hmm. and I feel it, I feel like it happens now every year and now I'm 44 mm-hmm. and I feel like every year it becomes, I don't know if it's my imagination, <laughs> but it just yeah. becomes more challenging where it's like I have to do more mm-hmm. to just stay at, uh, yeah. at maintenance. Well, that's the thing. It's like people don't realize that if you are maintaining, you are actually progressing. Oh, that makes me feel so good yeah. <laughs> to hear that. Yeah, yeah because like, um, especially uh, until I, in my, in my term, my, so I'm a very like mechanically thinking fitness person mm-hmm. when it comes to the application of my practice. So I call pregnancy traumas. Yeah. I, mean, I think they are traumas to your body for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so once we have a trauma um, and there's this whole feedback system that changes mm-hmm. with any type of um, musculoskeletal trauma. So um, with the pregnancy,
pregnancies, you know, it has a lot to do with the hormones that are circulating and and then afterwards there's still the same, you know, hormones that relax the muscles mm. when you're um breastfeeding and whatnot. They're still they're still moving around in the body and they're making the body um they're making the muscles loose, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's where women run into trouble with um, postpartum exercise is they're doing too much and their muscles are loose. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you're uh, trying to walk up a hill on like a slip and slide. Like it's just not. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. I was at a party. There was a slip and slide. And it's, like, <laughs> it's fresh in your yeah, mind. Fresh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, adults were there. It was all adults. And <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And, and uh, so, but when, so what that does is it, um, it changes the chemical response of, um, and the metabolic response of the muscle. So you really aren't getting as much out of the, um, out of the activities because the responses are just totally different. Mm -hmm. Um, and then with trauma and then certainly with the relaxing hormones, they're literally, it's called relaxing, but without it, you wouldn't have, you know, the oxytocin and like, you know, the, Mm -hmm. all the hormones that create the milk and all that stuff. So it's like absolutely necessary. Um, but with the abdominal wall and if your body's like not used to using those muscles, your, um, your whole entire, uh, muscle orchestration and output changes. So then, um, corrective exercises and prehab and rehab exercises, Mm -hmm. um, pelvic floor exercises, diaphragmatic breathing exercises, um, all of these things are really aimed at, if they should be anyways, they should be aimed at changing that neurofeedback of the muscles. And until that's done, you can't, you can't progress. You're, you'll more than likely be working towards an injury rather than progress of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, regaining the body back. And then when, um, and once you totally uh reverse that cycle being able to build back up and then maintaining that progress that is like the accomplishment okay and like people don't know that right you know i mean even you were just like oh thank you yes that makes me feel so much better (laughs) yeah because i i think it's so i i lost this last time i lost 67 pounds and that was 10 above what I wanted, well, not what I wanted to, but what I had in the past. And actually, I was ecstatic because that was like college weight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, I haven't been this weight since I was 24, and this mm-hmm. is great. And But then what happened is I slowly gained that 10 pounds back. Mm-hmm. And that that's another thing. I don't know mm-hmm. if – and so that's where all the negative talk comes mm-hmm. in. It's like, oh, you know, did I um, – Am I maintaining? And but uh, you know, is this my set weight where I'm supposed to be healthy? Mm-hmm. Um, or did I gain the weight back? Mm-hmm. Or am I trying to hold on to that identity from my, you know, mm-hmm. physically speaking, from my twenties? Mm-hmm. Or am I not pushing myself enough? So it became. It's still this whole thing mm-hmm. in my head that is like this ten pounds. Is it's like do I? look at my body every morning and say thank you and I love the way I look and this is where I'm supposed to be at 44 Mm -hmm. or do I say no I'm gonna get that 10 pounds back off you know (laughs) the balance between what we think is mental toughness and yeah it's tough Mm -hmm. it's really hard to yeah it's so hard and it's daily you Mm -hmm. know and I think it's women too it's like you're not just uh, fighting against yourself Mm -hmm. you know and all the the you know the self-talk and the stories I was talking about earlier but also society and you know the culture around you and then your familial you know all of those messages that are coming at you and so it's um it's tricky wow yeah I mean take ownership of that where you are in the process Mm -hmm. you know where the volume gets turned down on that self-critical thinking 
Um, my, what I try to encourage people to do is objectify. Like that's where the expertise comes in, you know, where you're finding the right things to measure, um, you're finding data points and you're collecting data instead of, you know, creating this feedback loop in your head mm -hmm. and therefore, right, like you strengthen that feedback loop and the message gets louder that you're shitty, right? Right. <laughs> or, yeah. right or that you're not good enough. Yeah. Um, the message keeps getting louder. And so I believe that taking feedback, collecting data, objectifying is the way to turn the volume down on that. I think that's where coaches can be really mm -hmm. helpful. Um, mental health professionals can get, you know, help people work through that stuff, right? Right, yeah. yeah. And the goal is to eventually, what they call is internalize the therapist, mm -hmm. right? So then that voice, that person that's your coach, mm -hmm. that's helping you mm -hmm. along. I've had a lot of my clients say, oh, I was in this situation and I heard your voice mm -hmm. in my head say, you know, oh, you're doing that thing and, you know, love yourself or your whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But it, at that point, I was like, great, you don't really, you know, you, you get to the point where you don't need the coach and the therapist anymore mm -hmm. because you've internalized their voice, which is actually your um, your core self, you know, mm -hmm. because we're all, you know, if the, if the, the, the belief is that you're made to self-heal mm -hmm. and that you have all of the knowledge inside of you to heal yourself, mm -hmm. then you're actually just tapping it, tapping into that with the help of someone else. It's not like mm -hmm. it's actually my voice, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like actually your voice, but um, but somebody's had it kind of like helped uncover it, the, the piles of stuff that's covering that up yeah. is the goal. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that's one on the highlight reel. That was that was really good. Oh, good. For the award ceremonies, you know, podcast awards. <laughs> yeah. Um, who do you use to navigate all this stuff with? Like, you have a trainer. Yeah. Right? You have multiple different ones, right? I've had multiple trainers, yeah. but I have one I've been using. Walter Lewis, I love him. Mm -hmm. um, I've been using him since my first baby. And I've used others, but I have found that others, I'm not really sure like what it is, but they, I don't progress as much. Mm -hmm. Even if they're doing the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. The exercise, it's, it's the connection, mm -hmm. I think, that someone is present and there and cares and is like, um, asking you know how was your weekend what did you eat what did you eat but not to shame you but just to talk about it you yeah. know and I feel like sometimes other trainers are more like okay we're gonna train and, and you're gonna get your abs and it's not like again the why yeah. right it's not well there. yeah there's a um there's also like a lack of it, the the transition from when you walk into let's just say the gym mm -hmm. when you walk into the gym to um, 20 minutes after you walk into the gym like be having a solid transition will increase the effectiveness of your exercise mm. um, from a neurochemical standpoint um, and once those I call it the BDNF package mm. <laughs> like, because you can't get um, you can't get the full package of neurochemical goodness if you're in your exercise in a, in a stress state in a, mm. or a pre-stress state. You know, mm -hmm. how did you walk into the gym? Because your nervous system could be in that mode of fight or flight, right? Yes. And, like, if you're in that mode in transitioning into your workout and while you're there and especially while you're doing it, I mean, if you're doing a push-up and every time you go down and your face, you know, is close to the floor and you're like, ow, oh, this sucks. Yes. Like, that is not the in, the formula for productive exercise. Uh, you know, movement is good and we're kind of taught that, like, any movement is good and it's just the gold standard is to just move. Yes. <laughs> right. But you need to step into the space mentally and physically, um, and even spiritually, and yeah. you know, welcome the change and welcome the challenge. And um, 
you know, who like it's where it's built in perfectly is Mother Nature. It's really hard to find somebody that's not going to make that trade, like that wouldn't make that transition mm-hmm. mentally and spiritually when they're when before they take a hike, because that is, um, you know, it's just one of those things that's just built in for us. Yeah, you know, and we don't replicate that in the gym. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the main arguments for this podcast is like right. effective thinking. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to step in um, to that space before so theoretically what i'm saying is you and your trainer have chemistry and that's better right. than not that makes so much sense <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. the sex so trainer a walter lewis mm-hmm. is like i feel so that has been going really well you know all through pregnancies then another trainer i used for a short period i think got me to lift heavier mm-hmm. and um and pushed me more but but mm-hmm. on my way every time I was almost anxious mm-hmm. like what you just said mm-hmm. that mindset mm-hmm. I would say to myself get ready to be tortured <laughs> and yeah. I knew because I knew I was gonna be tortured mm-hmm. and then the whole time I'm there I'm not able to really like you said open up to the exercise because I feel like I'm holding on to fear of being injured mm-hmm. Because even though I'm living, I'm I'm able to lift heavier. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. And I'm not leaving thinking like, oh wow, I did that. I'm leaving thinking, I wonder if something's gonna hurt tomorrow if I pulled something. And it was like, I wonder if I'm gonna get a headache. I wonder if I'm gonna throw up. I wonder if I'm gonna get dehydrated. You know, it was just scary mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, it's weird to describe a workout as scary, but I like when you describe that, the mindset, mm-hmm. I think that is the difference between the two trainers. Mm-hmm. It's like they're doing almost the same exercise. Mm-hmm. But the one is really listening to you mm-hmm. and he every time it's like, Is anything sore today? You know, did you pull anything? How did you sleep? Did you eat before we met? You know, he's asking me questions. The other one is like, Come on, you can do it, let's do it and not asking me how does that feel Mm -hmm. right and every time I would say that's a little bit too heavy Mm -hmm. he would be like that's why we're going to push you to be able to lift it you know he just kept pushing and pushing and pushing without really hearing yeah he's going to have a frustrating career because it's not unless unless he's putting out that energy and the clients that want that are finding him right and that's there's totally there's totally a market for that (laughs) and that's great Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I mean yeah, great. Yeah, great for the orthopedic surgeon. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> but right. Um, it's yeah. I, that is a problem. I would lo- like love to be able to solve with this podcast. And then the educational nugget is like knowing that there is just an alternative. And you know, you experienced it within a year. It sounds yeah. like like with the two contrasts, mm-hmm. right? And. Yeah, I just, I really think that's super valuable because um, the opportunity cost of not taking care of your body when you are Mm able-bodied is huge, in my opinion. Yeah. uh, Because, you know, we're, our joints and our tissues need to be thriving for well, more, for a longer time than, um, I don't know, 70 years old. Yeah. And having and, and maximizing bone density and muscle mass and um, oh gosh, all mm-hmm. the wonderful things that can come down to exercise. You right. Know, the brain health. I mean, you know, the gosh, all that stuff that you can do when you're able bodied and functioning yeah. really well. And opportunity cost like do you know what I'm saying does that make sense yeah Yeah. I mean it made me think of um so I just have my physical and I have a vitamin d deficiency Mm -hmm. and I've had a vitamin d deficiency before in the past but it's so funny because when that happened in the past my first thought was oh my god you know um that I don't have as much energy that will mimic depression which is true but right oh, now paralysis with analysis. I did my paralysis with analysis yeah. but it's funny that that's where my mind went my mind went to like uh more like depression that kind of thing and now when I got that result last week that I had a vitamin d deficiency my mind went to osteoporosis mm-hmm. and so I never 
even thought of osteoporosis <laughs> before my 40s, right? Yeah. And now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I wonder about calcium absorption and blah, 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 blah. You know, all of these new things. And just so it's like that, like what you're saying. I'm like, oh, my God, I really have to think about this. What if I live another 40 or 50 years? Mm-hmm. I have to think about that yeah. as opposed to I mean, am I just sad, which is also bad, yeah. you know, but yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So what she's saying, like vitamin D deficiency is highly correlated to all kinds of um, chronic diseases, and including uh, depression, anxiety, like all of them. Right. Like they're all. Fatigue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, some people even say it's like it acts more like a hormone now. Like that's their, it's like got such a lock and key relationship to neurotransmitters uh-huh. that they're like, there are, I don't know, experts in the field that call it more of like a hormone. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I know it's so important. But one of the, um, the cool things about the science of um, bone health and muscle mass, this isn't that cool. I'll just say, that. <laughs> um, osteoporosis, the process of it starts in women at twenty. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's exponentially accelerated with hormonal birth control. Mm. So, ladies, like, you, like, this should, like, the, it, it's a, it's an argument for lifting weights mm-hmm. in a, in a, an optimal and intelligent way in your 20s. Like, uh, I mean, I know we couldn't tell that to a 17 or 18 year old. They're just, like, not going to grasp that concept. But, right. you know, reaching, like, the mid-20s. It, yeah, um, yeah, it, but honestly, like all of it is in our control. It's not, um, you know, totally going to go downhill. Like mm-hmm. it's not a guarantee. Like you have some control over this stuff. But yeah, I don't see enough uh, women thinking, you know, in the preventative health way with weight training. You know, it's always mm-hmm. it's always it's always right. Yeah. Like losing weight, looking good in your bikini, or you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's what's helping to me to now where I'm wrestling with this 10-pound thing mm. is that, okay, you know, I want to be able to, like this weekend I was with my kids and we were at the beach and they we got ice cream. And mm-hmm. so I'm sitting here thinking to myself, should I get I, analysis paralysis, right? Mm-hmm. Should I get the ice cream? Should I not get the ice cream? Mm-hmm. Do I really need those calories? You know, back and forth, back and forth. And then in the end I was like, what do I – I can't – get the ice cream. <laughs> Right? I'm like, just get the ice cream because it's like I I am working out. I'm healthy. Like, I don't eat ice cream every day. I'm with my kids. You know, I should be able to have a scoop of ice cream with my kids and enjoy it in June, right? So it becomes like that versus, no, I'm not going to get the ice cream because I'm really wanting to get this 10 pounds off. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. Yeah. How do you feel – you think any, are, are you convinced that any of that is muscle gain, the 10 pounds? Um, I don't think so because when I was leaner, I was work, probably working out a little bit more. Uh-huh. And I was doing, so I was doing maybe one extra day, about three days a week of weight training, and I was mm-hmm. doing four days a week of cardio. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And now I'm probably only working out three days a week mm-hmm. maybe four mm-hmm. at the, on a good week yeah so and I was really monitoring everything I was eating I was tracking mm-hmm. I was tracking my fat my calories my sugar all of that and now I'm not mm-hmm. so now you know I don't really I eat healthy but I'm not tracking and mm-hmm. I find that when I'm not tracking I tend to I do that like um, grazing thing throughout the day where I take a bite of this a bite of that and when I did Weight Watchers I I started monitoring the grazing Mm -hmm. and the grazing ended up being like half my calories for the day (laughs) you know what I mean so I think that we don't take that into account throughout the day Mm -hmm. you know the lick of peanut butter off the spoon Mm -hmm. the bite of the you know piece of bread left from your kid's sandwich it just kind of adds up yeah I have a lot I've had some good success with uh, tracking uh, macros um, because then I know, like, the having confidence on like when I'm satiated Uh is a big, like, big thing for me. Like, so if I get, um, I'm a pretty high protein eater, so yeah, if I get, I know what thirty grams of protein looks like 
at breakfast. Mm-hmm. And if I can get that, even if time, what my first meal. So if my first meal, I have 30 to 40 grams of protein, that is the thing that sets me up for success for the rest of the mm. day. And so I have that just one thing that mm-hmm. I focus on versus like, um, man, because that's exhausting. Sleep it is. Tracking, it, it's helpful, but it's so exhausting. And it, and when I ask people about that um, as a professional, you know, interacting yeah. with clients, like, you, you can, they're exhausted just even thinking. Right. Like, oh, hell no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it's, for what it's worth, like, that's how. That makes sense. Yeah, it'd be, it's like, it's just like a little bit of a, mm, just use it for that one data point. Yeah. Versus like, oh, collecting all of it. But right, yeah, right. Yeah. That I think is also what was different when I was leaner was that I was eating a lot more protein. Mm-hmm. And I think with the Weight Watchers plan, what they did, they changed it recently, like not recently, I guess like last few years, is that a lot of this protein that you're supposed to eat mm-hmm. has zero points. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of gets oh, you to yeah. like think of it in that way. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I'm going to have, you know, this piece of fish that's zero points versus having um i don't know something with bread in it, mm-hmm. with bread which will be five points mm-hmm. so like oh let me just not eat the bread so it just kind of makes you think of it in that way so you don't have to so heavily track everything you just uh, you, you tend to focus more on the zero foods which are the things you're supposed to be eating anyway yeah right yeah, yeah. Um, okay let's start to wrap this up i got a couple questions that are kind of fun mm-hmm. um what are you reading or studying at the moment as a like for yourself or like as a professional uh-huh um i so the i'm reading a couple books one is uh, i think it's called what if the buddha got stuck <laughs> it's really cute yeah. it's just about it's like integrating buddha's philosophy into your life and um, it's just like a, a good, I read before I go to bed. Uh-huh. Uh, and then another thing I'm reading, which I'm like totally fascinated with, and this could be actually a whole other podcast, uh-huh. um, is uh, about IFS, which is called Internal Family Systems. And um, it, Alanis Morissette did uh, a podcast with Richard Schwartz okay. on this. I just heard it last night. I was listening to it because I'm reading and I'm, is you know. Richard Schw- Schwartz the... He created it. No, no relation. No relation, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's basically IFS is um, is uh, I guess a model of psychotherapy that he created that it very much aligns with what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So there's like yourself, your mm-hmm. core self mm-hmm. that is all knowing and heals itself. And mm-hmm. it's like the observer. And, and, and then there are all these parts of us that we have and the parts are all there um, to protect the self mm-hmm. and that those parts are actually they're categorized in different ways as the managers or the firefighters or the, the um, whatever the point is that mm-hmm. regardless of whatever the behavior is whether it's quote unquote a healthy behavior or a destructive behavior even something as destructive as suicidality right um, or cutting um, that it actually has a protective um, goal for the self. Mm. So it's, co- it's showing up because it, it developed at some point in your life mm-hmm. to protect your core self. Yes. Yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was thinking about this last night in terms of our talk, yeah. and I was thinking, wow, like how interesting would that be to just focus like on all the different parts of ourselves in relation to exercise, like mm-hmm. the critic and the shaming part and then the the um the part that's like the victor and the hero you know all of these different parts of ourselves that we have internally battling all the time and so i'm reading that right now and like the thing that i'm i'm so thankful for is like my like you said your fun reading and then your work reading my fun reading and my work reading are like the same thing so (laughs) (laughs) so that's great (laughs) yeah Um, yeah no that's really interesting so the so there's almost like this um i don't know like a protective mm-hmm. uh, mechanism community 
Yes. Internally. Internally. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to get permission from one to get to the self because it's protecting it. What what do you think the, um, the roots of that are from his study? Like, is it like, um, of each part? No, like the, the, like the philosophical roots of it. Like if he, if, if he wrote an abstract, Mm -hmm. like where would he be drawing his, um, finding, you know what, like ideas from? Um, well, basically, he created this out of family therapy. Mm-hmm. So he noticed that when he was doing family therapy, that there were all the different parts mm-hmm. of the family. And that, let's say, for example, if like one family member was speaking and getting angry, um, it was in relation to another family member. And so if they would have that family rem- member leave, mm-hmm. then this family member wouldn't be as angry. Mm-hmm. So we were all, they were all in relation to the other. And what he started noticing is that we have these parts like family parts for example example mm-hmm. inside of us mm-hmm. that are that are battling and so he started to um to, to do therapy in this way and he started mm-hmm. seeing that people it was actually done with people with eating disorders mm-hmm. and that people that come in with eating disorders and they would be like you know anorexic or bulimic and they you know all this time they're focusing on how to decrease the bulimic behaviors and it wasn't working but when you got permission to address why this behavior was protecting yourself mm-hmm. and if that behavior could talk to the therapist uh, as opposed to the self yeah. the, the part talks to you and you ask that part what trauma it's protecting and what wound it's carrying mm-hmm. then it can give up some of that burden and uh, and be, and allow another part to take over that bird like to take over that yeah and so it didn't have to work so hard to protect the self and the bulimic behavior would decrease I'm, I, there's so many analogies so there. fascinating yeah, there's so many analogies i love that yeah yeah i just sit with that that's really cool and then so how does he so he um so this is a book for therapists or is it for anyone you think He's written a bunch of books, okay. um, but it, I think probably some of them are targeted towards, ther- towards therapists, but definitely um, the, yeah. a layman can read them as well. He's yeah. writing one uh, now. I don't know if he's released it yet for couples mm-hmm. and how, like, for example, how we are fighting yeah. in, within a couple dyad that it's not actually our core selves that are fighting, but it's our parts. Mm-hmm. And so instead of, oh isn't oh. that cool? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so you actually are not even arguing about what you're arguing about. Your two separate parts of yourself are yeah. for arguing about something. Yeah, that's interesting. I think about that often because Yusuf, my boyfriend, is um, he speaks multiple languages, uh-huh. and I'm just a good old American over here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's almost like I can hear his different parts sometimes mm, like mm-hmm. and I just didn't have a way of uh, that's that. true yeah 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 because I speak Greek and I definitely when I switch to Greek oh. you're right it's like a different part of you oh. you're it's so, like a different part of your brain yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah his is like French Arabic Moroccan and oh wow and can, yeah and I can totally like uh, you know um or maybe it's what I <laughs> Maybe this is like what I tell myself when we're arguing. I'm like, you know, finding these little pieces. I'm blaming it <laughs> on, <these little> <laughs> on his parts. <laughs> Hold up. Oh man, that is really. Gross. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I gotta sit with that. I do. I do. I think there's definitely some stuff to pick apart in that fitness. Um, yeah. Wow. How could you conceptualize it from that approach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, I really want to put it all down on paper and then yeah, no, you talk must, to you about you it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because there's an, there's uh, plenty of versions of over-exercising. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of versions of under-exercising. Yes. Making all the excuses. The I can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I keep coming back to I can't mm-hmm. because I hear that one all the time. Or the identity with an injury i was just thinking that the injury right yeah. like how much so let's just say for for example that the injured part mm-hmm. um developed when they were eight mm-hmm. for example because their parents only gave them attention when they were sick Ugh. right oh. 
So guys, this is huge. Right? <laughs> so let's say that there was a huge family and there's a lot of kids. It's just an example. And then the only time that, that this sixth out of eight child <laughs> child ever got attention is when they were sick home from school. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be a really important, you know, uh, secondary game. IFS, that's what's yeah, called? IFS, internal family systems. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like that could be definitely part of it. Um, you could talk about it in a um, people that um, addiction and exercise. Jeez. Oh like yeah, that, yeah. How people um, re- essentially replace addiction, right? <laughs> and so then, with a, with Richard Schwartz, he would say the addiction mm-hmm. um, is protecting the wound. Yeah. The oh, trauma. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So if you ask the person what would happen if you took this behavior away from you, that mm-hmm. would be terrifying. And they haven't thought about it, but it's mm-hmm. protecting something. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why, like you said, addiction transfers from one addiction to the other. It just changes. It just yeah. moves along to a different form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. No. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. My next question. Okay. This one's really silly. Okay. If it's not, it's it's both. It's like, okay, if there were an oncoming zombie apocalypse, Mm -hmm. what physical skill sets do you need to hone if you knew that was coming? Oh, wow. (laughs) Hmm. Like climbing, killing things. (laughs) That's interesting. I think, like, you'd have to be good at. Yeah, I always think if, if a zombie... I have dreams about zombie apocalypse okay. all the time, <laughs> right, by the way. <laughs> That's like my number one recurring dream. <laughs> Talking to my therapist about it now. <laughs> and, um, and I feel like in my dream, the, the, the repetitive theme is how, how can you barricade yourself? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like how can you protect yourself? Um, the best, okay, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they don't get in. Yeah. But then there's the whole issue of like, where do you get food from if you do that? Right. So. Okay. So learning some, uh, you would like learning the, uh, a gatherer system. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like identifying things that are edible within your environment. Mm-hmm. So you don't waste away. So you don't waste um, away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Making water, making fresh water. That's a, these are all making skills. water. Yeah, these are all, yeah. You have to be like stealth, quiet when you get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because you couldn't really beat them unless you have a, I don't know, like what is it? A, well, I'm thinking of a vampire silver bullet. Yeah. <laughs> but, I love vampires. <laughs> you um, know, but you'd have to find a way to get in and out quietly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As opposed to fighting them. Yeah, I'm a pacifist, so I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> Agility. Yeah, agility. Yeah, agility. <laughs> yeah. No, I would um I would work on like the bouldering and climbing. I think that would be a good mm-hmm. skill. I don't see them climbing very often. You're right. They probably can't climb very well. Yeah, they're kind of rigid. But yeah, yeah. they're cl- clumsy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you probably have to be fast and quiet. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> so, it just um survival skills. Okay. And then um, I guess my last question is what, um, do you have any, um, interesting, like new professional goals, um, or personal goals that you're working on the next like two mm. years or so? Mm-hmm. Uh, what I've been thinking about is, uh, so I, I do hypnosis for weight loss. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking of packaging The audience something. is not a, a stranger to hypnosis. I, oh, I great. It helped me so much. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. yeah, I love hypnosis. Yeah. And I'm always running across different programs people are selling, not related to hypnosis, but like on Facebook, on different things like that, related to career development, coaching, you know, whatever it is. So I, I've been toying with the idea of creating like a three-week program for hypnosis and um and i don't know if i want to call it weight loss but i guess healthy living or weight management or you know and just to get to the root cause of some of the things that you and i are talking about Mm -hmm. um and so having it be uh something that they can purchase as a package Mm -hmm. but that would also entail having some Mm one-on-one so i could tailor 
uh, a session just for that person. Yeah, because like you can get hypno hypnotic tracks. Yeah, like downloads. You know, right? And that those are good, but yeah, I definitely see the value in the um, tailoring and mm-hmm. trying to address some energetic roots. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Is that I don't yeah? Audience, um, you are super awesome for uh, hanging out with us. Um, If you've got any uh, questions or feedback, um, you know how to get in touch with me, Impact Your Fitness, on Instagram and the Facebook. Um, And then you don't do a whole lot of the social media, so. (laughs) No, we just, we have a Facebook page that's already like in wellness, uh, an Instagram. we have events, mm-hmm. yeah. We have workshops occasionally. They're all posted on our website, mm-hmm. delraypsych.com. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and hopefully uh, we'll be announcing some Hypnosis for Weight Loss yeah. uh, workshops pretty soon. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. All right, well, thanks for hanging out with us today. Thank you. Mm-hmm.